0: Okay, quick question. Here's a question. Uh, how many of you have been thing electric, brave enough to mess with something electrical in your house? I wanna just, I wanna see, raise your hands, like me, more than like flipping a switch on. I mean, taking some, there's some wires sticking out, right? Uh, raise your hand real fast. I just wanna see how many crazy people we have in here. Okay, okay, good. All right. uh, say, I've been drafted into uh, being somewhat of a, I'd say, an electrician uh, because my wife is continually and constantly changing out all the, thi- the fixtures in our home. So there's a fan, and it's, but it's an ugly fan, so we got to put a new fan in. Or it's a light switch, but it's an ugly light switch. So you got to change the light switch out, which apparently there's light switches are e- either pretty or not pretty. I didn't, it was, to me, it was a light switch, but no, it's not. It's ugly. It's an ugly light switch. It needs to be pretty. <laughs> so my wife makes our lives beautiful. So, but I've gotten into this. So, but, but, you know, what happens is you do it enough and then you start to be like, hey, I think I got the hang of this, you know? Uh, and usually um, what happens is you, that right at the moment that you think, man, I think I got the hang of this. Uh, you jolt yourself. <laughs> so the other day, uh, the other day, um, I've gotten, I've got, I actually gotten pretty decent at it. And uh, but what we were wanting, we have like these two on our house. We have two separate uh, like porch light uh, switches. And but one is like it's in the it's like the lights over the garage, and they're it's super out of the way. And we were thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if we could put this on a timer? And so I was like, <laughs> I'm an electrician. I think they make these timer switches, so I'm going to go, and so I went and found these timer switches, so you can put it in what what is normally a light switch. It's actually, it becomes a timer, and then it flips your first world lights on when it's time to come on and off when it's time to come off. You don't have to worry about it. It's all right. Hashtag first world problems. So so I'm thinking, okay, we can do this, so I figured it out, but it's a little more intricate of a design than normal, and uh, the first one I, fig, I I, you know, I read, there's like a load, there's a load line, and then there's a line line, there's the one coming from the electric, you guys are following me, you're like, no, you, you literally don't know, have, you have any idea what you're talking about, so doing this thing, and, uh, but I have to do the one that's in our house, our porch light, and it is one of four other switches on this one panel. And so I'm getting in there and I, you know, I turn the, I know you go to the box and you turn the power off at the box, right? And this is how you keep from destroying yourself. So I go over there and I turn it off and uh, I figure out which one it is. And I'm starting to do the connections. But apparently like one of the switches is connected to another switch in the house for the same light. So it's on like a different thing. So I'm in there just oh I think I got this and you know it's like oh oh my gosh that's things that's it's alive and I don't but here's the I don't know I without just shutting off the whole house I'm like I don't I don't I don't know what, what this is so I was just like purpose in my heart I'm just gonna try to stay away from that one so and by the grace of God I did a pretty decent job but here's the thing so I started, but now I'm a little nervous, so I'm just, I'm a little scared. I'm like, I'm not sure what the wires are, and I don't want to touch anything at this point. So I think I get it to a place, and I wire it up, and I, I turn it on, and it won't turn on. And I was like, well, what about the other switch? And I turn the switch on, and it turns this, the, like, the interior light on and the outside's on. And I'm like, <laughs> how, do, how does this happen? I don't so I've got to, so I have some wires crossed <laughs> somewhere, some way, and I'm afraid to get back into this. The thought for just two seconds. Yeah, so because I know that I'm thinking. I, I mean, I did have the thought for just two seconds. I think this is okay. If you flip this one on, this lights on. It's all good, right? It's okay. And then I just thought, no, this won't float long term. This is this. So I, by the grace of God, I got back in. The wires were crossed. Put some wires back in the right place. I somehow stayed alive, and I made the porch light come on independent of the interior hallway light. If you want to, yeah, cheer for me! Cheer for me! And some of you are like, "Hey, keep, Pastor, you're responsible for a large group of people. How about thinking about what you're doing with the electricity?" So I understand that. What? Listen, you—the idea of wires being crossed uh, is so prevalent in our lives. Because here's the thing. You can have wires crossed, and they can kind of work, but not really. And what we're going to see in the scripture is that there is a natural pull for the wiring of our mind to be messed up, to be crossed, So what we'll find is, is that maybe things are kind of okay, but because the wires are crossed, you might have some functionality, but you don't have max functionality. And what we find is, is that there are, there is wiring that God wants to redesign. He wants to fix. He wants to shift. He wants to change so that we're not functioning at half capacity. And I'd say, Not just not functioning at half capacity, but the wires cross in a way that's not destructive, but it's actually leading to us functioning in the exact design that God has for our lives. That's what he wants to do in and through every person. Listen, you can have all the connections. You can have all these wirings, right? And the way that our thoughts and what we've been talking about, even last week, what we said is this, listen. Our mind is the most important battleground there is. And the enemy is seeking for our mind to go down a particular road that leads to destruction. And that God has a way or a design for our minds to connect with who he is that leads to life. And the battle is whether or not those wires will be crossed or broken leading to destruction or whether or not it leads to life. That's what God wants to do. There are ways that we were all meant to function that are so far beyond anything that we could actually dream up for ourselves. The way the scripture puts it, this Is this way? No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has. Listen for those who love Him. So what God is actually saying is, listen. If you're living and breathing in this moment, God has design on your life, and it's so far beyond anything that you could actually perceive in and of yourself. And so what the Lord is calling is for us to be in alignment with that design, for us to be lined up with the way that he has uh, prepared or created for us to be in him. This is why our minds, the way that we think becomes so critical that the thoughts that we have are so relevant and important to the direction of our lives. What The quote that we actually said last week is this. Our lives are always going in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are always going in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So that if our strongest thoughts are ones where the wires are crossed, and it's a way or a pattern of thinking that is broken or a lie, then it's leading the entirety of our lives down a path of lies or brokenness. It, this is the battleground, and we talked about that a little bit last week. There is this fight for our minds to connect with who God is, for who, who, who he is and his purpose in our lives, the things that he wants us to experience his fullness in this life. And so if it's true that our lives are going in the direction of our strongest thoughts, if that's the case, then how do we begin to align our minds and our thoughts with God, with who he is and what he says? Because here's what the scripture is going to say. If you and I, if we let our minds just wander, if we just let our minds go wherever and unintentionally allow our minds to wander, it automatically leans toward the lie. If we allow, that is a part of the broken world we live in. i want to say that again. If we allow our minds just to wander, our, mind, our thoughts will automatically lean toward the lie, toward the thing that's broken, the thing that isn't lined up. Now, I wanna show you what this says here in Romans chapter Twelve. Look at verse two. It's a, a plea from the Apostle Paul to the church. And here's what he says. Listen, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your what? Of your mind. So don't be conformed to the pattern, or the way, or the idea of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, and acceptable, and perfect. So here it is. Don't be conformed. Do not be conformed. Our minds, when left alone, when they're allowed to wander, when our thoughts are allowed to wander, are going to automatically move toward conforming to the world. So Paul is looking at the church and saying, listen, don't allow yourself to go down this road, that whatever ideas or thoughts have been prevalent in your life, in the culture around you, in the home that you grow up in, if you aren't uh, intentional with the thoughts that are going on, you're going to automatically lean into the thing that conforms to the world. The way or the ideas or the thoughts that conforms to the world. Now, we'll see uh, the, throughout scripture. One, I mean, one of the most prevalent ways we see it is uh, you, you have uh, the disciple Peter. And there's this moment, there's this one moment where Jesus says, listen, I know it. You, I ask you guys to follow me, but I want you to know that uh, my life is going to a place of sacrifice. And he begins to describe to the disciples that, listen, I'm going to go into the grave. It's necessary for my life, for me to die. And Peter, in all of his well meaning heart, goes, absolutely not. Th- that's the worst idea, Jesus. That that's never going to happen to you. Why would you die? That's awful. You're here to rule and reign. Why would you go that way? And you know how Jesus responds to him. Matthew 16. He says, "Listen." He literally looks at it. Looks at Peter. Says, "Get thee behind me." He says, "Get behind me, Satan." Now listen to what Jesus says. He says, "Peter, you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but you're setting your mind." on the things of man. So he's, listen, if there's any well-meaning disciple in all, if there's any well-meaning guy, person, human, in the scripture, it's Peter. But here's a guy who has all the energy and all the passion and all the gusto, but his mind isn't set on the things of God. And he's, he's got well-meaning in his heart, but what Jesus is pointing at is saying, listen, you can let your thoughts go wherever they want, but you're thinking on the things. Your mind has gone to the things of man. You're not thinking. Your mind isn't actually intentionally being aligned with the truth of God. And he gives this uh, kind of warning to the apostle. and He says, listen. If you go down this road, if you just allow your thoughts to be thrown out there without being intentional to get it lined up, you're going to lean into the thing that's broken. It's going to lead you down that path. And so if we're not living intentionally with the thoughts that we have, if we are not aware, if we're not intentional with our thoughts, then we will find our lives headed in the wrong direction. Not because we want it to go in the wrong direction. Not because we want to go down a broken path. But because we, this is what intentionally grabbed a hold of those thoughts. We'll find ourselves headed in this direction. This is what we'll see over and over again all throughout the scripture. Our default is just to conform to the pattern of the world. There's this way that we operate that it's aligning us with the world and not with who God is or what he's designed us for. And so we'll end up just functioning in this world around us and not living out the fullness that God has for us. Ultimately, we kind of become like these cultural zombies where we're just walking through, almost mindless. And it's leading us in a path that isn't the full measure of what God has for us. We find ourselves just assimilating to the culture, the things that were broken around us. Right? Proverbs 14 says, listen, there's a way that just seems right to men, but ultimately it is going to lead us to what? To death. There's a way that just seems okay, but it leads to death. And so you have the Lord, by the grace of God, he, he's saying, hey, don't let your thoughts wander or be unmanaged, but be intentional with the way that you're thinking. And so here's what Paul says, actually. He says is don't be conformed to that pattern. Here's what he says. Be transformed. Be transformed. Now, every person in this room wants some measure of transformation. You don't even have to be a follower of Jesus to be in this room and to know that every one of us wants some kind of transformation. We want our lives to look differently. We want our relationships to to change differently. We want our mental health to be different, or we want our physical health to change, or we want our interactions with our children or our boss to to shift. We want our leadership to grow. There's a hundred different ways that we all desire for our lives to be transformed in some way. Every person wants some measure of transformation. We want to see that thing take place. There isn't one person that isn't seeking transformation in some way. You might use the term like growth or development or something like that, but what we want is actually lasting change. Every one of us, we all want it. It's in us. We're all seeking after something, God to do his work, and so the question is, what is it that you're asking God to change and transform? And whatever it is that you're wanting and you're asking or bringing to the Lord to do, are you assuming, do we assume that's going to just happen? Or is there a belief that we've got to begin to align our thoughts with what God says in order for our lives to be transformed? I, I just, I can even attest to this person, I'm even going on this journey, and even as I've been studying and, and getting ready to communicate about this and finding, even in my own life, and I have, I have a thing that I want to see God transform in me. And uh, so I, I have a thought, I'm just, this is my kind of con- pastor confession time. I have a thought uh, that pops up in me, and it can kind of be goofy, but it can actually ultimately be destructive. And the thought is this: I think food makes everything better. Yeah, and I have way too many illustrations with food in this, so so you guys know this is a thing, right? But there's this, there's a thought I have. I didn't, I didn't create it. It just is something that's inside of me. This is, if you will. I'm gonna go back this thing where if we allow our minds to wander, we lean toward the thing that's broken. And I just have this thought inside of me food makes me feel better. Food kind of fixes things, it's the thing that I can look forward to. And what, let's be honest food is a gift from the Lord. It's a, not, I'm not saying that in a weird way. I mean, I mean it actually is a gift. It's a, it's a sweet way where the Lord can show us what it means to taste and see that the, the Lord is good. It's meant to be a shadow in a picture. It's a bad God. It's a bad idol. And if you're not careful, what you find is, is you're just doing life and you find that there's a wiring that's crossed. Or I find a wiring that's crossed that makes me think that somehow lunch is going to save the day. And it's not, and it doesn't. And it can actually be, if any of you other people are out there like me, it can be destructive. And so there's the, there's the lie and the truth, right? Because ultimately this idea of thoughts in our minds comes down to lies versus truth. And I'm having to confront a lie, and it might seem silly, and it, but it's ultimately a leaning that can end up being destructive, and the truth is, is there are no, no less than 100,000 different ways of thinking that if we're not careful, we can lean into something, it could become destructive. And we can do that with many things that were meant to be gifts. Our culture does this with sex. Our culture does this with control. Our culture does this with meaning or success it is so easy in, the, in, in our American culture for us to believe that success will make us feel better. That worldly success somehow that we can, if we can achieve, then that will make all of the bad stuff in life go away. And the Lord is knocking on the door of our heart saying, son, daughter, I want you to hear this. There is nothing in this life that will satisfy your heart besides me. But if we allow our minds to wander to whatever the culture is presenting to us, we'll find ourselves in a descending pattern of destruction. And and so the question becomes, what are the pathways that we have built, the wiring that's crossed that God wants to change and shift As we spoke of last week, the new pathways that God wants to put in us to say, hey, I'm gonna lead you to life. Center, I'm going to take you on this journey where you don't believe the lie anymore, but you center your life on the truth that transforms you. Now, here's what's beautiful. Because of who God is, transformation is available to every person This room. There's not one person in here that is too far gone. There is not, listen to me, there is not one lie that you have been believing. I listen, I don't care if you were 70 years into believing the harshest lie, the power of God is able to come and transform you and me. He's just able to do it. I don't have to be beholden to food. You don't have to be beholden to the thing that you have been beholden to. God is here and is ready by his spirit to pull the wiring apart, reroute the way that we see life and move us into great things in him. It's what you and I were meant for. God is, The, the uh, uh, the sheer reality that you're sitting in this room would suggest this. The Lord's here knocking saying, there's a way that you've been thinking and I'm ready to change it. I'm ready to fix it and to call you up into some life that you haven't even been walking in. They didn't even know that I had for you. And so the way, so the question is this, then how, how are we transformed? And here's the answer. You have got to have your mind renewed. The mind has got to be changed. The mind has got to be moved into a different direction. The wiring is crossed. Your mind must be renewed. It has given, any part of you that wants to see transformation. The Lord, Jesus has given us, literally given us the key, and say here it starts in the mind. Are you ready to do battle with the thoughts that have held you in a destructive pattern? Are you ready and willing to take the thoughts that have plagued you, the lies that have come against you, the things that the enemy is speaking over you, and say, I'm not going to listen to those anymore. I'm going to align myself with what God says about me. This is the battle. It's right in front of us. This is that thing. Right? I love, I love the, uh, the definition that comes from Albert Einstein. He says, insanity is repeating the same mistakes and expecting different results. If you and I are looking for a transformation to take place in our lives in some way, form, or fashion, then doing what we've been doing will not get us there. That's essentially what that means. Living the same way isn't going to fix it. It's time to be renewed. It's time to have our minds put before the Lord. And the question is this, how? How do we do it? How do we do that? And the scripture here says, "Live intentionally." That uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you would be able to know what is the will of God. Now, that's a beautiful phrase, but essentially, it's saying this: If you want your mind renewed, then you actually have to get aligned with how God's mind works. When you talk about the will of God, actually, the word the word there. Uh, the, 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 the word here in the, in the scripture, knowing what the will of God is, same word is, what are his desires? What are the desires of God? What is he moving and wanting to shape in you and me? What's his desire for it? Have you ever asked that question? Because, see, I think when we think about the will of God, it's like, where am I supposed to live? And what am I supposed to do? And where am I supposed to go? And I'm telling you this. Well before the where and the why, Before God wants to define the who. That's what he wants to define. Before God tells us where we're to go, God wants us to know who we are, period. He wants us to know who we are in him. And so the rewiring of the mind that's gotta take place first and foremost starts with our identity in him. It's less about knowing the where to go and the what to do, and it's more about God. Who do you say I am? If we want to have our minds renewed, it starts with, Lord, who are you and who are you telling me I am? I have to know that. In order to have fuel, in order to have power to do the things that God's called us to do, it starts with knowing what he says about who we are. Our identity is more important than our location, and it's more important than our calling. Let's say that again. Our identity, who we are in God, is more important than the location, the place we're living, and it's more important than the calling we have. Because we're first and foremost sons and daughters of the most high God. And it's from that place, God will use us to do 10,000 things for his namesake and glory. And it'll be powerful. It's what he wants to do. The starting place for us to be transformed as leaders. For us to be transformed in a as spouses, to be transformed as parents, to be transformed as ministers of the gospel. The starting point is knowing the mind and the heart of God, diving right into it saying, God, how do you think about this? What do you have to say about my situation? What do you have to say about my circumstance? We can begin to train our minds. The word renewal here is a word of, it's recurring. Be constantly renewed over and over and over and over again. Now, some of you guys played sports or whatever growing up. What do they call it when you do something over and over and over and over again? They call it training. It's just called training. You train your body. You train your mind. You train your thoughts. We wanna be rene- This thing, over and over, it takes training. Now, we've, I've seen that we've seen this this thing, this training thing works. It actually works. We've seen this in our house. We got a puppy for Christmas. He's been growing. And so we, our kids have done this. Our kids have taught the dog to be able to, to sit, to lay down, to shake, and to roll over. Shake the hand and roll over. But here's the thing. They've been doing the training in the exact same sequence every time. So like when, our, when my, my daughter walks up to the dog with a treat, and, and my daughter says, sit. The dog immediately sits. Then he lays down and then he rolls over. They didn't said anything. They, he just knows. And he's like, treat, 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 treat. Give it. It's like, but here's the thing. Listen, what would happen if we just began to take the word of God and just began to renew our minds and just began to say, Lord, what do you say about me? What does your word say about my circumstance? What does your word have to say about the thing that we're walking through? What does your word have to say about the fears that I have or the anxieties that I'm in front of? What does your word have to say about those things? And we begin to engage on a real level, right? Does that make sense? Where we just really engage and we say, Lord, I need you to change my mind. Now, um, everybody kind of learns different. Uh, If you you look at like a learning way, there's like three different ways that people learn. Uh, There's visual learners, there's auditory learners, and then there's tactical learners. You guys, and the tactical learners are the ones that have, you have to like scribble and draw stars and stuff in order to hear what anybody's saying, right? You have to be, you have to have your hands engaged. And so my encouragement is this, what kind of learner are you, and how can we begin to train and equip our minds to be renewed? If you're, if you are a visual learner, then find, find the scripture, find the book, find the thing and lay your eyes on it and just begin to say, Lord, what is the truth? And look at it and stare at it and blaze it into the back of your head. All right, you auditory learners, if you learn by like listening to things, get you an audio Bible or get, find this and let that is in alignment with the truth of God over your life and, and listen and hear it and let it play over and over. All right, if you're a tactile learner, um. I don't, Get your interpretive dance on. I don't know, whatever it is that you need to do. Um, no, write it down. Take it, write it down. Put it on paper. Use your hands to do something, but take that moment. The, the important thing here is this. What is it that is most effective in helping your mind engage what God has to say about you? Where we take the truth of God's word and we begin to uh, put it over and over and over and over again in our minds. One of the th- one of the, my wife had a, a set of scriptures that, um, we taught the kids from a really early age and um, she's gifted in music. So she'd set all the scriptures to songs. And so uh, one of the songs that my wife created for this scripture that felt was important for our kids was Colossians three, two and the Colossians three, two says, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. And so, but we Sang the song all the time, so listen. Uh, in our house, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Set. Your mind, I don't want to do it again. Anyway, you know, it's, but I. So I can't even read the. I can't even read it anymore without the jingle going off in my head, right? But I think it's so powerful, and and oftentimes when we when our kids are struggling and they're frustrated about things and life is not working for them or they feel down about something, you know what my wife will do or what we'll do. What does the scripture say? Set your mind on things above. And then, and then they go through it and they're like, ugh, but they know it, and it's true, and it's good, and it's the opportunity we, we take with we've taken with our kids to say, put the truth in. What is it that needs to be repeated over and over and over again until our hearts begin to believe it? That and that's ultimately the question. Philippians 4. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is commendable, think of the excellence. If there's anything else worthy of praise, think, think about these things and the God of peace will be with you. This is the process. Setting our minds on the things that are above, putting our hearts, setting them toward the Lord, toward his truth, and asking him, what can he begin to rewire in us? How can he begin to change us and move us in a beautiful new direction? I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're going to finish here. We're just going to have a final moment just to connect with God on what he wants to say. Regardless of how you receive the truth, whether it's visual or auditory or tactile or whatever, here's the question. When you receive the truth, what do you do with it? You might even be aware of the truth, of who God is, what he wants to say, some areas that he wants to shift or change. that the Lord has something that he wants to release over us. And I think it's so important to begin to speak it and say it, to confess it. I think it's part of why we sing songs is to get the truth of the word, the life of God, out of just sitting in the back in our minds and and saying it out loud where we begin to believe it, where we begin to trust it, where, as the word calls it, we begin to confess it, right? I don't know if you grew up in church, the word confess was kind of sometimes a scary word because we thought it meant that we had to tell all of our our bad secrets. But the word confess actually means we just want to come into agreement with what God says. When we confess truth, what we're saying is, God, we're believing what you say. We're believing your word. We're believing whatever it is that's true of your word is more true than how I feel. It's more true than the things that I'm struggling with. It's more true than the lies that I've been believing. So I'm going to confess it. I'm going to say, I'm going to come into agreement. I'm going to take your truth and release it find yourself worried, if you find yourself struggling with anxiety, you can come before the Lord and say, because of Christ, I am not anxious about anything. Just declare it. Make that your declaration. I cast my cares upon the Lord. What does the scripture say? Because he cares for me. You just take the word of God. You find the truth and begin to release it. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind because that's who he is in me. If you feel like you're struggling with direction or you're not sure where to go next, you say, my life belongs to God. Daily, I seek him. Daily, God directs my steps. Say it out loud. Confess it. Declare the truth of God over our lives. God, I know your voice and you lead me in your perfect purposes, your will, right? That John 10 scripture, I hear my shepherd's voice and declare it. If you're struggling with confidence and what God wants to do, say my confidence is not in me, it's in Christ. Make that declaration, my confidence is in Christ. It's in Christ alone because the spirit of God lives within me. I can do everything everything that he has called me to do. We make these declarations. My favorite things to do is I come in here. In fact, you guys stand. You can put your notes down. Stand up. We get our kids. We ship our kids off to school. We come in, and I come into this room right here. And for me, I just have to, I have to be walking. And I'll just make laps around this room. I make laps around this room, and I just start praying I start saying things out loud and I just, I, I, I go and I, I just go, look, I, I would look like actually a crazy, if there was a video in here, I'd look like a crazy person circling this room, but it also kind of, it helps me get my steps in. So that's all, that's helpful, but I, I'm also just confessing, but, and that's just, that's a me thing. God's working on some trust, right? But I just take the opportunity and I just start confessing and saying the things out loud. God, I'm going to trust you. You're trustworthy. Your way is better than my way. And I just begin to say things aloud and I begin to declare that truth over and over and over again and begin to meditate on him and meditate on his word and think on him and think on what he wants to do. So here's my question for you as we close. What is the place, what is the lie that's been believed that needs to be brought down? What is that thing that maybe has been plaguing you or that area that, that, that has been leading you down a place of disappointment or hurt or destruction? And we're just gonna take a minute to name that. And we're gonna finish this, this morning just saying, I love this song, just saying, God, I look to you. I put my mind We set our hearts on you. I'm not gonna be overwhelmed. I'm gonna come to you and see the world like you see it. That's what we're going to do. So here's the question. You can just close your eyes if it's helpful. I ask the Lord right now, Lord, what is the place that you are looking? What's the lie that you want to tear down about me? Some of you are here, you you have not believed that you have worth and value. You think that you have to have a relationship in order to be, be worthy. You think that you have to succeed in order to be valuable. Some of you have been feeling like the Lord isn't, doesn't see you. Like you feel like he's a million miles away. There's a lie that's saying that God is distant and you can't be close to him. Some of you are facing a lie that says, I have messed up too much for God to, to receive me. I've gone too far. I've done too bad. There are lies all over the room that God is ready to tear down. Just confess years before. In your mind... Just be real with him. And I want you just to begin to confess. Lord, say, here's the place that I tend to believe the lie. This is the lie. Would you speak? Lord, I'm submitting this to you. Now, Lord, would you speak your truth over me? Tell me your truth. Tell me your word. What does the Lord have to say to you? The declaration of the Lord, you are worthy because you're my son. I have made you a new creation. All the things of your past have been removed. You've been made brand new. Here, what's the declaration of the word, the Lord over you? I'm not going to tell you. I want you to hear it from him. Receive it from him. Say, I don't know what the word of God is. It's a beautiful moment. Say, Lord, would you show me your word? Would you begin to open it up to me? We want to declare your truth more than our belief or our lies, the lies that we've been believing. We're going to trust you for our hope and our future. We want to move into all that you have for us. We're going to take this moment. Let's sing this song and make it our declaration unto the Lord.